Hey everybody, this is Kelly Reynolds and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares uh, about up against the wall by the fruit trees? <laughs> yes. Like, where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with navy seals. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases. As old as time, boy and his pro, she is a hooker with a heart of gold. He has a dad, Ed Harris is his name, pretty obvious, but he's oblivious, it's milk money that we suck. Milk money, it's in the basket, the writer's bagel basket. One date. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work. That's Reverend Whitehead. God doesn't let him do that. Got you an ice cream. Being on the job probably makes you hungry. Thanks. What are you doing here? Looking for you. Where are you gonna sleep tonight? In a hotel. If you'll get lost and let me make some money. I don't think you should be doing this. Tear me apart, Lisa! Out of a building. Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. I love you. That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kerland, and are you okay, David? I, I'm good. I'm all right. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, you? <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. So we watched Milk Money, and my guest co-host is one of my favies. You may remember him from the co-op episode and 500 Days of Summer, Mr. David Allen Prescott. Hello. <laughs> so I gave you a list of movies for, we are in the tail end of our theme month of aghast. Mm. August as in aghast. Because we are in aghast of some of the stuff that was just dumped in the middle of August. And I gave you a list of movies. Some of them that we picked where like we were shocked that they like did so bad. Like uh some of the movies that were released in uh August that I was gonna talk about were like The Secret Garden. I was shocked that that did you know, mm-hmm. bad. The Iron Giant came out twenty years ago this month. Yeah, but you picked 
Milk Money. Yes. I gave you a list of movies, and you picked Milk Money. Because I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah, I saw it as a kid, too, and I... I'm wondering if I should go back in time and call DSS on my parents. I know. I, I'm trying to get through all those movies that I watched when I was a kid and watch them through an adult lens. Well, we okay. So in July we did like an all Brendan Fraser theme month of like mm-hmm. like everything he's done. Right. We called it Stars and Gripes, and we watched with honors. And I totally. When I got Mallory to do it, I gave her a different synopsis of what I remember the movie to be about. Right. And that is not what it was about at all. Right. <laughs> like, I remember it being, oh, yeah, they, this these rich Harvard kids get a homeless man who does all their homework. <laughs> no, he had, like, like carcinoma, like, filmiola. Like, what what was that, that disease that uh, James McVoy had in Atonement? He oh. had like that that like asbestos disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do not remember this movie the way that I thought I did. Just like with honors. Yeah, I I think I knew the basic gist of the movie. I think I got part of it, but yeah, I don't know why. I guess because there were kids in it, right? Like they they, they marketed that this was on HBO Family all the time. Was it? Yeah, all the time. This oh was on HBO God. Family. I remember um, thinking that oh, it's just a movie about a woman who gets paid to kiss people. That's what I thought. Uh-huh. I was eight years old. Like, right. This came out in ninety four, mm-hmm. August of ninety four. This came out. So I'm like, oh yeah. Th- she gets paid to like show her boobs and kiss people. Yeah. That's what I thought prostitution was. <laughs> That's what it is, right? Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Scott. We'll talk later. So, so we'll what what chat. So what we've been doing is the guest has to explain the movie in a paragraph. So we had to create this rule because of my dad and I'm going to throw him under the bus every time. So you're in a blockbuster video, you look at the back of of the little clamshell case for yes. for milk money and what does the back say the little paragraph to get you to rent the movie um i don't even know what you would say um <laughs> lie to the audience <laughs> lie to the audience uh, oh man what the, what is the kid's name uh frank 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 um uh, young frank heads to this city to learn what life's about and meets a fun loving lady <laughs> no, fun, this fun, is terrible fun i have loving no lady. clue a fun loving lady you put me on the spot i don't know it I feel like you can't put it on the back of a movie. What hooker? <laughs> but what I think what the back of the the video case did say had like hooker with a heart of gold. Oh my god! So throw that in there. You know, uh, I'm gonna look this up. But continue with making up. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little. Uh, Pubescent boy meets <laughs> Hooker with a heart of gold to replace his dead mother. 
Yeah, that's that's about it. And she's running from the. the she runs from her evil pimp, played by Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> uh so yeah, I mean, I couldn't find it, but yeah, that's basically it. Three boys go to the city to meet a hooker because they want to see a naked lady. Yeah, the movie starts out really weird. It opens up in this treehouse with these three boys. And they're exchanging, I guess, what they find women to do, like stuff that women have. Yeah, like weird little totems to put in this box as an offering to the universe. And one kid brings his mom's fucking diaphragm. Yeah. <laughs> that was gross. That was so fucking gross. And that that kid is going to grow up and to then be they a were serial all killer. touching it. Yeah, well, and one of them wanted to drink out of it. The, the kid, he thought, yeah. he's like, "Oh, my mom's travel cup." And, <laughs> and Frank is like, "It's a diaphragm. It prevents semen from going to the egg." Yeah. How is he failing sex education? Right. He's he's the only one who knows what's going on. And it, maybe the teacher's like, "You know too much." The plot's very flimsy. It re- it's, it's a movie from the nineties. Oh yeah, it, and also the cast is very, very weird. Yeah, far too many famous, well-respected people. actors in this film. You have at least three Oscar nominees. You have Melanie right. Griffith. Mm-hmm. You have Malcolm McDowell. Mm-hmm. Oh, four because you have Philip Bosco. You mm-hmm. have Ed Harris. Yeah, because uh, Philip Bosco was nominated for Savages. Melanie Griffith was Working Girl. Ed Harris was Apollo 13. And I believe Malcolm McDowell, Clockwork Orange, right? He had to be nominated for that. I'm not sure. If he wasn't, it's a goddamn shame. But Uh, you have these very prestigious actors. And Anne Heche. I was just about to say that. (laughs) And Anne Heche as, I guess, she is secretary to the pimps. tweaker pimp assistant. Yeah, because she's not a hooker. Because they they clearly respect her too much, except that one guy Cash, who is played tosses by, her around and stuff. I, like I kind of get the idea that she was like his girlfriend thing, but she she's never like you never see her wearing like the outfit. She's always in right. like sweatpants and she's on like a treadmill at one point. Yeah, but yeah, Casey Semesco, who plays Cash was in Back to the Future. He was the guy with the 3D glasses. Yeah. And he was also in Of Mice and Men as Curly. Mm-hmm. And I remember him. Do you remember the movie Three O'Clock High? No. About uh, a kid played by him who pisses off the bully. And the bully is like, you're dead. Three o'clock. And he gets into a fight with the school bully. Oh, no, I've never seen that. Yeah, it was one of those weird, not John Hughes, John Hughes movies. Okay. And he plays Cash. And he's like, you're not a person. You're not a person. Because <laughs> people can do whatever they want, and you can't do whatever you want. Also, every other line in this movie should be, because she's a hooker. <laughs> like, everyone calls her a hooker. I'm glad that they no one at any point called her the W word. Right, yeah, no, no, they never said that. Um, they said prostitute and hooker. They didn't even say pro. No, they didn't say pro. They could have called her a professional. Honestly, that sounds more flattering than saying hooker. It certainly does. She's a professional. Professional in what? Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> she's really, 
She's really <laughs> a pro at sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, you pointed out, Ed Harris, what the fuck is he doing in this movie? Oh, my God. Just too, so many people who are way too good to be in this movie and some like really good performances within this bizarre script. Yeah, but the script goes from like being like a Martin Scorsese Mean Streets like Taxi Driver movie, like in the beginning with her, the whole you're not a person mm-hmm. gets really dark. And then the kids are like taking their shirts off. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, and she the makes the... them lift up their shirts and they don't have any body hair. So she's like, you're too young to see my boobs. Not just that, but I I feel like her thinking is, well, if they have hair on their body, they could like put a cigarette out on my face. Like, <laughs> oh my God. like well, well, when when we meet V for the, her name is V. Spoiler alert, her real name is Eve, but she thought it was too biblical. So I took the E's off and I made it V. I thought she was going to say, it's just Eve backwards. <laughs> I'm just looking the at you. sounds wise. Eve. Eve. V. Eva. <laughs> Eva. Yeah, but she is like, when we meet her, she's dipping strawberries in a limo to, I think it's supposed to be the mayor. Is it the mayor? I think. It's it- a very old dude in a limo. He should have had a sash that said mayor. (laughs) And a top hat. And a monocle. And the key to the city in his hand. (laughs) Oh, Melanie Griffith, (laughs) please suck my knob. (laughs) Also, I find it funny that Melanie Griffith is like the lead in this movie. And she actually promoted this movie like a lot. Like she did the... Mm -hmm. But she uh, was ashamed of her daughter, Dakota Johnson, being in Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. And, like, do you remember the Oscars? I mean, there's a lot more in Fifty Shades than there is in this. Right, true. But do you remember the Oscar red carpet where Melanie Griffith was Dakota Johnson's date to the Oscars? No. And on the red carpet, Dakota Johnson, like a fucking bitch, is like, yeah, my mom won't even go see my movie. And she's like, well, I don't really want to see you have sex on camera. Right. And, And, like... Everyone the next day was like, yeah, sorry, Dakota, that your mom doesn't want to watch you get torture banged on. Right. Like, why would you want? No. And Dakota Johnson was like, mom, why won't you come look at my boobs in a movie? Well, Dakota Johnson responded with, weren't you in a movie where you played a prostitute? Like, yeah, Yeah. she she played a PG-13 prostitute. Right. Where you only see her back for half a second. Yeah. Also... The movie was directed, this movie was directed by Richard Benjamin, who was an actor in the 70s, a TV actor in the 80s, and then in the 90s, he became a director. Mm-hmm. And he made, he was in the original Westworld, mm-hmm. but he also directed, do you remember the the made-for-TV movie version of The Goodbye Girl? No. With Jeff Daniels? And no. uh, I think it was Patricia Heaton. You've, you've seen so much more than I have. Well, he... he he directs these really weird stuff, mm-hmm. but then like he'll show up in the movie. Yeah. So I thought he was going to end up being Jerry the Pope. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which would have made sense. It's only one scene. But it, they got they got two-time Academy Award nominee. Philip Bosco yeah. was like, you're stealing money from me. No, I'm not. I just don't want to be a hooker anymore. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> I release you, my child. Okay, bye-bye then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not just that. I got a date with the Olsen twins. I'm playing their butler. Vincenzo. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's Vincenzo from uh, It Takes Two, yeah. which is totally not the parent trap. Right. But 
she in this movie, she's pretty good. She really is. Like she, and it's she and Ed Harris both are really good at Ed, being heartwarming. Ed Harris is kind of phoning it in a little bit. Like a little bit. You could tell he's not used to being like the romantic lead in a movie. Right. But they're very good in their like quiet soft moments. Like they're just both good at doing that. Well, you could also tell that he was like in between filming Apollo 13 because like his haircut <laughs> looked exactly the same. That just scene a where little... he had a spacesuit on, that was a little weird. <laughs> uh also the scene when he, him and his son are having like a food race the microwave was so weird there's a microwave dinner race where the kid's like oh you beat me yeah because yeah. he's like 45 in the yard they like 12 like and what are you racing for this is not good parenting well, is this how your wife died in a food <laughs> race well he even said that did you and mom used to raise food yeah no, no, we, we never raised food. Well, what was your favorite TV dinner? Well, we never had TV dinners. We used to cook ourselves. And like the look, he, the kid's like, oh, that's sweet. I'd be like, you fucking lazy prick. Yeah, what a terrible person. Uh, that kid should be like taken away because <laughs> Ed Harris is so gullible in this movie. Yes. Because there's a scene at the beginning when they're having breakfast, when they're I don't know if they're eating corn pops or Captain Crunch because it looks exactly like it looks like there's like oh yeah it looks a lot like Captain Crunch but That's it also I looks like corn it, was. it looks like corn pops too mm-hmm. so I'm like I guess this is weird 1950s suburbia because yeah. it looks like the 50s but it's supposed to be 1994 hmm. and he he's like oh I found a prize and he looks through the magnifying glass and he's like you're reading Cosmo it's for school oh, okay like was Mama Virtue when you married her. What are you studying? Religion? Sex. Are you going to tell me about mom or not? No. Who has good coffee? Fresh brewed? Instant. Now how about if you love someone? Do you have to have sex with them? This can't be instant. We ran out of beans. And if you kiss a girl, what base is that? And where's the birth canal? I have a chart. You never have to have sex if you don't want to. Kissing a girl's first base, the birth canal's right there, and you shouldn't have sex unless you're in love and probably Mm -hmm. married. Right. (laughs) They're giving you Cosmo in school? All right. Uh, And he's a teacher. Yeah, it's very weird. He's supposed to be a middle school science teacher. Yeah. He's just not present. But I think that that's part of the point of the movie is, you know, that this kid isn't getting the parenting from his dad. That's the third movie. The first one is the Mean Streets one. Mm -hmm. Then you have like this, like, rom com. And then this. The third movie that's wedged in at the end is he's trying to save the wetlands. Yeah, there are a bunch of themes in there that could be explored more, and none of them are really brought to fruition. Well, so what starts this all off is when him and his two idiot friends... I'm sorry, but those kids are morons. it's, uh, It's Brad and Kevin and Frank are the three main boys. And Kevin is... That kid's going to grow up to be a serial killer. Like, <laughs> do you know what I actually realized just now? What he kind of looks like and in, in h- what his house looks like? What? He looks like Christian Bale from American oh, Psycho. Yes. And the house is pristine yes. and he had to keep it clean. Uh-huh. And he's watching like VHS porn, yes. which they decide. Yeah, when they're watching <laughs> porn together, that is so upsetting. Yes. Because, like, the only nudity in this movie, thank God is from a porno from the 70s. You just see a butt. But this movie, 
feels like uh, it's so uncomfortable. Y- you should be on the list. Kids and everything. Well, there's kids and everything, but m- there's at least three scenes where they like film Frank in a towel. Right. I'm like, who the fuck made this Why movie? Why is Frank naked all the damn time? Jesus Christ. I thought I was uncomfortable when I saw the movie Ladybugs. I this, didn't see that. The Rodney Dangerfield soccer one? Oh, no, I haven't. He, oh, uh, yeah, I saw that a Where he dresses Jonathan Brandis up like a girl to play soccer? Yeah. Yeah. This is worse. I felt more uncomfortable. Yeah, well, especially when she's like, lift up your shirts <laughs> to the three kids in the backseat. Yeah, and it's the like, cab driver's like, I'm going to mind my ooh. own damn business. Like, I get what you're going for here, but ooh. Well, th- they make it look like they're going into the city. So this movie was filmed in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um but the actual city was filmed in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was Massachusetts. Yeah. Where we live. Um, I thought it was Massachusetts because the the small town looked like if you've been to any of like the small towns, the suburbs, yeah. But if you've been to like Springfield or Boston, like the back bay, mm-hmm. kinda looks like that. Yeah. Or even like Lowell Mass, like right. it it looks like that. But then I find out it's Pittsburgh, mm. and then we're supposed to believe that these kids biked from Cincinnati to Pittsburgh. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, these kids should be dead at the end of the movie. Right. Well, I'm assuming that it, they're in some fictional town. It, they, they called it Middleton. Be, did they? But that's also, there is a Middleton Mass, like, near, mm. near like, Gloucester, yeah. near, like, the, the ocean. So, yeah, I thought it was Massachusetts. However, remember when we were watching it and uh, she dips the strawberries yeah. into the um, the uh, the chocolate? Yeah. That looked like chocolate milk. It just was very thin. It was, there was, it was very weird. There's no way that could harden. Chocolate water. It was very strange. Also, she does the very Melanie Griffith thing. Like, she's like, open up oh yeah Yeah, i'm like oh and she also like get got like her fingers in it and stuff yeah and then she makes him lick it off she's like here you go and he's like it was it was just weird well the way we meet her is because the boys end up like idiots they get a hundred dollars a hundred and three dollars and seven seven cents because they say that five fucking times right but the way they get that is Kevin sells his dad's porno collection. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Frank sells his comic book collection, and Brad makes girls try on his jacket for five seconds. Yeah, because he's like the heartthrob at school. Well, he was on Seventh Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember him? Well, from not S- yet. Yeah. Which that show had a scandal too. You know about that, right? Oh yeah. Reverend Camden is oh, a monster. Oh yeah, Reverend Camden. Him and Jeffrey Jones Bet are he hanging loved out. This movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No, I hate this even more. <laughs> like watching the movie, I'm like, my parents let me watch this. I know, right? This was what was charming in the '90s. <laughs> the thing oh. is, I feel like you could have glazed over the fact that she was a prostitute a little bit more. Like, you could have done it in a way that kids wouldn't get that she was a prostitute, but adults would get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they, that it could be for kids and for adults. I mean, they toned down her her clothing a little bit. Yeah. But when we first meet her, she's wearing like 
Barney on her. <laughs> like, yeah, she's wearing like a velour, like a purple velour, tiny, short little thing, and her boobs are just flat out, falling right out of there. <laughs> yeah, and that scene is so uncomfortable because she's like, "Okay, we're gonna go back to my place, and I'm gonna show you my boobs." Yeah, and. And you think she's not going to because she does the thing where she makes them lift their shirts over their heads. And, and then, then she does. <laughs> How the hell did they get her around that? Like, uh, like, because were they, people okay with this? How were people well, not what, like, this is disgusting. This well, is filth. But when they're filming it, usually when, when they film like a nude scene in the movie, like mm. an actress has like, pasties or pasties something. yeah but these are still children <laughs> right you they're can't... still looking at pasted <laughs> boobs yeah they're seeing boobs without nipples yeah like... there were a lot of little kid erections on the set that day <laughs> <laughs> very this movie is so inappropriate fucking gross. <laughs> this movie is so good it's very weird like, it's just, so I, conflicting i just imagine like uh, Me- uh, Melanie Griffith, Meryl Streep, Melanie Griffith, <laughs> going up to Richard Benjamin, being like, "Should I really be like taking off my top? Like, should I be wearing like a tube top or something?" It's like, "Why don't you shut up and just do the- <laughs> do the scene? Where are my pasties? Stars don't get pasties, <laughs> but oh. these are children. <laughs> like, I really, I would have loved because sometimes this was a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah." I think, is or it, Paramount. Was it, was it? I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't notice. But it was a studio movie. Yeah. Wh- whatever the case may be, you need to have like a child professional on set to yeah. make sure the kid. So I just imagine like the scene where she just whoop, like takes off her top. Like there's this like 50 year old woman who's like, whoa, what the hell is going on? No. <laughs> or the opposite. She's like, now, boys, keep staring. Right at the nipples. <laughs> That's where you would look. Keep your vision trained on the nipples. I've informed them, Mr. <laughs> Director. They're ready. Well, like, they would make sure. I'm, I'm just baffled that this movie saw the light of day. Do you know how many, like, friends I have who write screenplays that never see the light of day? Uh-huh. And th- I've written screenplays that I've never seen the light of yeah. day. Yeah. And this shit got made. Yeah. This movie is disgusting. This <laughs> is like, very weird. Like, I, I remember watching it all the time on HBO as a kid because, A, I was eight years old. I didn't know better. Right. And it was all that was on. It was either watch Milk Money or watch, like, The 700 Club. I loved it when I was a kid. I Not don't under- The 700 Club. Yeah. Well, also, I never understood as a kid, like, he... I didn't understand that he told the dad that she was a tutor and she told him that she told the dad the truth. It was very much like a farce where they kept doing like the, oh, you must be very good at it. Yeah. Th- oh, okay. yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that scene. <laughs> so Frank was telling me what you do. Really? Do you enjoy it? Enjoy it? Sometimes. Yeah, you get to move around, change the scenery, meet new people. Well, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. You seem like a real people person. Oh. Outgoing. Not like me. No? Thanks. I bet you're really good at it. Well, there's only one way to find out. Boy, am I glad to hear you say that. Because it's the one subject he's having trouble with. 
You think you could fit him in? Him? Frank. Frank? Are you kidding? At his age? Well, I'm afraid if he doesn't learn it now, he's never going to. <laughs> it, that whole scene is like a farce with the like mistaken identities. I'm sorry, this isn't Moliere. <laughs> it it felt like like it in a weird, this awkward isn't, this way. This isn't uh, what was the the hypochondriac? Oh yeah, yeah. This isn't the hypochondriac. Yeah, uh, this isn't Tartuffe. <laughs> <laughs> but like that scene made me so uncomfortable because he she's like, yeah, I told my dad the truth, and then um, he's like, oh, Frank told me what you did. Is it hard? Is it fun? You get to travel a lot and see a whole bunch of people. Oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I bet you uh, know a lot about stuff. Could you teach Frank? And she's like, teach Frank? Have you ever done it with three kids at once? (laughs) Yeah, he did say something like that. Uh. Because, like, he believes she's a math tutor in the... Right. Also, the way they gloss over the fact, like, she's not, like, really, like, appalled that he's like, well, would you teach my 12-year-old son? She's just like, are you are you crazy? Like, calmly, like, no, that's She doesn't silly. even say, are you crazy? She's like, are you sure? I thought she said, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Are you kidding? But, but she that's doesn't... it. That's the end of her protest. He's yeah. like, well, I mean, he's got to learn. And she's like... Oh, what do you mean? Well, but it's never like, but, but, you fucking freak, bye, <laughs> which is what it should be. Well, not just that, but but like she doesn't even bat an eyelash when he's like, well, I would teach him myself, but no, it's been a very long time. How the fuck would you teach yourself? <laughs> right? When he said it, I would teach him myself, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> I would I would teach him myself, but I've never been with a man. <laughs> makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know where that line was going. <laughs> and I don't know what he actually said. Yeah, that he's not a practice like or child, something. right? Right. But this he, is your kid. I'd teach him myself, but I'm out of practice or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he said he's, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's talking about algebra and she's right. talking about hand stuff. Right. <laughs> also, she's like, um, Oh man, what what was the line? The line was like, "Oh, are you, are you working?" And she goes, "Well, I'm trying to." Like, she's like, "Wow, you're really with it. You really get it. You really get what I'm all about." Once again, he thinks she's a math tutor. Mm. She thinks he thinks, "Oh, I trade sex for goods and or services." <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Everyone in this movie needs to be sterilized. <laughs> it's very strange. Also, I'm I'm shocked that Ed Harris of all people is in this movie cuz you don't think of Ed Harris in like comedies. Right. Like I can't even think of another comedy that he might have been in. No, and he's kind of like almost like a nutty professor kind of character well, only like, with like botany. <sighs> well, when he's doing the 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 food race with the son, he makes like a weird face when he's chewing. He just goes. <laughs> it's so like, weird. And it, yeah, because he goes. <sighs> done. I feel like if you wanted the movie to be funnier, I could almost see a Robin Williams in that part. Oh my God, will or, you teach my son about butt stuff? Or like a Christopher Lloyd or something. I don't really think he'd be a good. You're a hooker. He wouldn't be good for the romantic part. Oh, of no, it. who'd but be like, amazing? Who? Pacino. 
Al Pacino. My God, I hear that you are a lady be, of the evening. That would be terrifying. Please teach my son about sex. <laughs> but Ed Harris, so before he made this movie, I believe he, was was this the right stuff? I think he was like in between space movies. Um, because I know the movie he made directly after this was definitely Apollo thirteen. Mm-hmm. So, so he made Milk Money, and before Milk Money, he made Load. He didn't make a movie called Load. Oh, good. That like <laughs> That's the working title of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the working title of this movie, Load. Load. Oh, he was also nominated for Pollock too. Oh yeah, yeah. He was great in Pollock. He, um, yeah. So he did this, and he did the firm. Oh. And Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh wow. So he made this the same time that he was making "Put the Coffee Down." <laughs> so in between making this movie, he was getting yelled at by Alec Baldwin. Right. Um. Yeah, and those other two movies. Do you know what they're not? They're not comedies. No, he's not a funny guy. He's, I'm sure he's funny, and, but but that's another thing about this movie is it's not clear what it wants to be. Oh yeah, no way in hell. Right? Like, are you a provocative? Not provocative, like ooh hoo hoo hoo. But like, is this like a slightly edgy film where we're talking about prostitutes, or is this a family film where there are kids <laughs> going on a fun adventure, or like, I guess the whole. My wife's dead. I need to find a new lover, but my son has a hooker for me. I guess the Truman Show can be considered a comedy with a hooker. Mannequin only with a hooker. (laughs) Except he's, except he's, um, he's not. He's not funny in the Truman Show. No, but it's still considered like a dark comedy. Yeah. The only other comedy that's on here is Swing Shift in the in nineteen eighty four. That's it. So he realized real fast that he was not a comedian. He was in Field of Dreams? Oh, my God. He was the voice of the field. Oh, wow. He was the, if you build it, they will come. I never knew that. And he only has two directing credits to his name, Appaloosa and Pollock. Mm. But this, not funny. Not no, funny no. at all. I feel Although like John Mulaney. parts of them not were funny. funny. There were a few parts that were funny. Um... But maybe funny ironically. Well, when okay, so when they actually see V topless, mm-hmm. the kid covers his eyes because he's a gentleman. One of the kids, yeah, because he's so sweet. Yeah, but then the other two are like, um, I guess he he brought Jolly Ranchers, and the kids are each taking oh, it. And she's like, like a bag. Did you bring enough for the class? And then she's like, "Thank you." And then she's like <laughs> sucking on a Jolly Rancher while she's showing her boobs to these. I know. I'm like, really? You Is this a to euphemism? Pass the snacks while you're topless on the bed. I'm sorry, I don't like Jolly Ranchers. You have good and plenty here now and later. What you call it? I'm actually 97 years old. Got any Necco wafers? <laughs> Do you have a Sky Bar? <laughs> she um. Yeah, we were talking about it before we started recording. She, M- Melanie Griffith, is the daughter of Tippi Hedren, mm-hmm. and her daughter is Dakota Johnson. So there's 
three generations of Hollywood royalty. Of very different actresses. Yeah, you Very got the different birds, films, all three. You got the birds, then you got 50 shades of anal beads, and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then then you got milk money yeah and she's like you know i was in working girl too you could tell that like they wanted melon uh meg ryan for this movie oh yeah and they couldn't get her because like i feel meg like ryan would work in this role <laughs> melanie griffith is like the pepsi of actresses like when you can't have coca-cola which is meg ryan you uh- settle for melanie griffith She's just sort of a very benign actress. Yeah, she's like Diet Meg Ryan. Yeah. Which, of the two, she's actually the only one who has an Oscar nomination. But, but for yeah. What? what was she nominated for? Working Girl. For Working Girl. Working okay. Girl. Working Girl. Working Girl. Yeah. Wait, wait, no, she wasn't supposed to be a prostitute in that one. She was just a valley girl who got a job in the office. Hmm. But I love the scene when um, she's like, well, I got to go to work and after meeting Ed Harris for the first time and mm. having that skin crawling scene. Yeah. Of, but um, before she goes to town, I realized Ed Harris walks into the house carrying KFC. Oh, yeah. And, and he's like, what do you say, Dad? And he goes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I brought home. It's a girl. <laughs> What do you say? Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Are you constantly just alone all the time by yourself? Look at all these breasts and thighs. I was talking about the KFC. I meant the KFC. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So when she goes to town, I love that Frank beats her to town before she gets there, even though she right. left first. He just shows up like a sitcom yeah. because she's like trying to proposition all these men and she goes up to the reverend. <laughs> and, <laughs> reverend Whitehead. Yeah. And and he goes, he's a reverend. You're not going to get anywhere with him. Like God doesn't let him do that. <laughs> yeah. Like this kid is very smart and very stupid. At it is time. very weird. Like you can tell that they didn't know where to go with his character because his I think his best scenes are like that one. Where he's sort of this world savvy kid whose dad isn't really around and like not in a horrible way because his dad's still like a loving dad. Yeah, he's but, a good dad. But he ish. just has become sort of world smart because he had to. And those scenes are the best ones. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> he's dumb. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. He failed. He was failing sex ed, which right. we'll get to there because. <laughs> oh, sex ed. Um, but when when she gets to town, the girls who is one of the girls is um from Casper, mm-hmm. not Christina Ricci, the bad girl, who is also Wendy on Boy Meets World. That's how I remember her. Mm-hmm. But she's like, she is bad. She is very bad, <laughs> and she's the only one who's like, she's a hooker. <laughs> Please don't call her that. Like the mom is like, don't call her a hooker. Right. Um, and then, like, there's a girl who actually likes Frank. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, uh, she's your aunt? Okay. I believe you. Oh, all right. That's your aunt? Cool. What did you call her? You, you kept saying she was Finn Wolf. Finn Wolfhard in a wig. <laughs> actually, just now Finn Wolfhard because he grew his hair out long. Yeah. So now He's it's just. just got to straighten it, put it in a little bob. Yeah. She had the Mary Tyler Moore bob. Get some bangs. Yeah. She had this weird, like, Marlo Thomas bob going for her. Yeah. 
She was that girl. She looked like that kid in the Little Rascals movie when he put on the ballerina costume <laughs> and the little the little wig. <laughs> hey, did you got any fries to go with that shake? That was another movie we could have done that came out in August too. Um, when so when V finally starts to succumb to the charms of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been like 24 hours. Yeah. No time has gone by. And she finds out that her pimp is dead. Yeah. He got his heart ripped out. Yeah. Like normally in a normal movie, they would say like his throat was slashed. Yeah. But Malcolm McDowell literally apparently took his hand and shoved it into his chest <laughs> and ripped out his heart. Right. He didn't say, I cut out his heart. He says, I ripped out his heart. Right. And the news is like, the body was found mutilated in a dumpster. All he did was like a Kalima. He just <laughs> right. did. I love it. <laughs> Kalima. Oh, I'm trying to do his Cockney accent. Kalima. Kalima. Home, home, Shabayu. Like, he has the biggest Cockney accent. Like, if they made this. It was so weird. It didn't make any sense. They should remake this movie today with Dakota Johnson. Oh my God! Yes, and then and Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> He's or, too old now. Yeah, make it with Dakota Johnson, and then like probably they would get Jacob Tremblay. Um, but the uh, Walser is it Walser? Walt, Walt, Walt. Yeah, it's Walt, not Walter. 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 A person who waltzes. <clears throat> but get Jason Statham to be. Oh my God! Because like that's that what he said. Great. That's what Malcolm McDowell sounds like. Yeah. He's like. Oh, she has me money. I feel like, um, like uh, Seth Rogen could make a milk money these days. Like, especially with Good Boys coming out. Yeah, now. but he would make it like a hard R, and he wouldn't sugarcoat the fact that, like, right. Which I think this movie needed to go. Like every five minutes, it she's needed just, to like, be more coming out of a or bathroom it needed stall. to be less. Like, well, you know the the original. A version of Pretty Woman was like really a hard R and like dark. Oh. And then like Gary Marshall came aboard and he's like, let's make it a rom com. What's more romantic and funny than Hooker with a Heart of Gold? Yeah. I mean, well, that so that was 89 and this is 94. So five years in mm. between our Hooker rom coms. Yeah. And like the thing that she's not thinking about that V is not thinking about is. Once everyone finds out that she was a prostitute, which it's a small town, yeah, they're gonna find out, and she's gonna end up. Especially with, considering the principal of the school slept with her. Oh, that was the principal of the. Oh, school. I kind of assumed he was just because he was at like the front of the dance, like at the head of the hall oh, or Kevin's whatever. Dad. Yeah, but he may not be the principal. He could just be a teacher there. But I think he was just a businessman. Was he? I think he, him and his wife were just chaperoning. I oh, think his wife was a I teacher. Why did I think he was a teacher? I don't know. I don't know either. But like, He said in our school, right? But he it doesn't matter. Like, just our town. No, because he said something about let that slut in our school. I thought he said our town, but it, it really doesn't matter. It's still terrible. Right. I mean, he's just such a control freak. I mean, he made his son comb his hair in a certain way and like right. use a coaster for everything. He was a lunatic person. So, yeah. Um, When we meet Kevin's dad, mm-hmm. Ed Harris is on the date with uh, Melanie Griffith. And 
Kevin is with them. When Kevin finds out that his dad went to a mm. prostitute, like, it is so awkward. Very. You know her father? Uh, no. No, 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 no. No, uh, you must be confusing me with someone else. No, I may have the name wrong, but I never forget a face. My name is V, like the letter. Your husband and I did business together once. Oh, yes, yes, uh, of course. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, of course, yes. Uh, v is a, um, a dance instructor. She, she taught me how to dance. Do you know this woman, father? Yeah, it literally says that. You know this woman, father? <laughs> Like, what? It, that's the thing. This movie just needed to pick a direction and go in that direction. It was too... It was too soft to be... Uh, you know, a crime Scandalous. Drama. And it was too scandalous to be a family movie. Yeah, and also... Who was the target audience for this movie? Well, so she ends up buying the ice cream parlor where mm -hmm. where they kissed for the first time. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is Malcolm McDowell is after her because he thinks she stole all this money. Mm -hmm. Where in actuality, she was just giving these kids a ride home so they didn't have to walk in the rain back right. to Cincinnati from Pittsburgh. Um, and... And she didn't know the money was in the car. She didn't know that her, her pimp stole, what, like $350,000 or mm -hmm. something like that. So then she ends up getting the money and then she buys the town pretty much. Yeah. She buys the ice cream shop. She's like, remember the ice cream shop where you kissed me for the first time? I bought it. But in that scene... I'm still selling licks for $5. <laughs> Oh, man. I changed the name. It's now called Handy Mike's. <laughs> what if she just changed the name of the ice cream parlor and the milk money? <laughs> milk money. That'd be great. Um, They literally say the name of the Let's movie. Let's do a the, sequel. Well, the, um, Kevin even says, wow, that's a lot of milk money. Yeah. You should have just looked at the camera. Uh, we said it. Oh, you said the name of the movie. Um, But the girl who likes Frank... Who you? I saw you melt when he and when Frank ends up with the yes, it's the so little sweet. Finn Wolfhard. Um, but she's with her family having ice cream, and they're like, "Oh, isn't that your little friend Frank's dad? I wonder who that woman is. It's his sister. Are you sure? Oh, I think it's sweet. They're that close. And and she <laughs> she said. You two could learn something from yeah. them. And then they start making out. <laughs> and the little boy oh. the little boy is like, I am not doing that. Like he turns into little John Waters. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, no way. <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> Can I grow a little mustache and wear a dickie? <laughs> I want an ascot and a blazer. <laughs> what? The kids sound like John Waters. He did. He did. Um, but yeah, and then she gets offended because uh, Kevin says, like, oh, she's a dance instructor. Wow, you're a dance instructor and a math tutor? You have it all. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you know how to teach everything. Yeah, and then that's when like they have a freak out, which is in the middle of the movie. Like, yeah. there's still 45 minutes left of the movie when he finds out 
uh, when Ed Harris finds out V is a prostitute. Right. And at first he freaks out, but then he's okay with it. it yeah. It, yeah. The more we talk about it, the less this movie makes sense. <laughs> like the more things we mention, the more I'm just like everything is incongruous. We in haven't this even film. talked about the fact that the dad built his own wetlands in the garage. Oh yeah, his <laughs> he, he turned the garage into a greenhouse. Yeah. He ripped the the roof off of his garage and put in a greenhouse roof. Yeah. And all the pipes that spray the water all over the place. And his kid knows to bring an umbrella in there so he doesn't get wet. Like, everyone in this movie could become a serial killer. And <laughs> I would I would be like, yep, that's, yeah, that's yep. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. They, Makes sense. The fact that, that Frank knows so much about diaphragms and birth control mm. is so upsetting. And I, then his sex ed presentation... Oh, yeah, where she wears a nice flesh-colored unitard that he draws all over. Yeah. uh, These are the ovaries. Well... Eggs, 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 as he's dabbing the eggs into her ovaries. Yeah, but the the teacher's, like, offended. Like, he locks the door and then goes, let's present. You're supposed to present to the teacher. Right. And honestly, his presentation, with the exception of using a prostitute... Right. It's actually pretty yeah, accurate. It really was. <laughs> like, cause he, he, he got an A. <laughs> the teacher was horrified at first, but then was like, oh, this is cute. I mean, Frank, if you're going to use a professional, please use one of the strippers from the strip club down the street. <laughs> Those ladies need the work. <laughs> I mean, I'm sex positive. I support the sex workers in town. In town, by local. <laughs> But you, like, you want to invest in your own local economy, Frankie. <laughs> but then, like when she sees the dad on a date with her, she freaks out. Oh yeah, she freaks out. Which makes me think, like they work in the same school. She's like, "Oh, I wanted weird Ed Harris." Oh yeah, that, that would have been a really cool thing to explore. Yeah, but they didn't. And I found out that actress, she uh, won a Writers Guild Award because she wrote the movie Warm Springs. That mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh FDR movie where he played FDR for HBO. Yeah. She wrote that. Oh wow. That teacher. Not Melanie Griffith. No. She did she did milk money and she went, you know what? I'm sick of doing bullshit like this. I'm gonna write me a Roosevelt movie. <laughs> oh, did you write that one where he gets a BJ in the car? No, the other one. <laughs> oh, so you don't like Bill Murray. I got Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> I demand revenge. <laughs> like, um. So when V, uh, when V finally accepts her fate, like mm-hmm. she's like, I want to move to this small town. She embraces life with Frank and his dad. Um, her and Frank reconcile. He teaches her how to. She teaches him how to dance by thumb, thumb wrestling, and then. It's another part of the movie that is really fucking weird and yet somehow endearing. Like, because she's like, okay, just move your legs, you know, back and forth. Well, she knows all about moving her legs back and forth. But <laughs> but, uh, but Frank's like, I am. And they just cut to a shot of him lifting his feet like 
Like just uh, inside his shoes, yeah. his toes are wiggling. And he, then she's like, okay, well then move your hips like this. And then she starts touching a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Where was that like studio, like, you know, person and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't touch a 12-year-old boy. No. Also, the creepy thing is, this kid's parents signed, signed off, off on, this. on this movie. Well, how much money did this kid make? I'd probably sign off on it, he too. Was, this and Black Sheep are the only like two big roles he's ever had. Mm-hmm. So, um, The kid who got turned down for the role was Jonathan Jackson. Who's that? From Camp Nowhere. I haven't seen it. He was on General Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the guy who Topanga went out with when she realized she wanted to be with Corey finally forever. Okay. Okay. He was the handsome art dealer kid. Yeah. Yeah. That kid. Um, so this kid, he's fine. Yeah. But he stole all of my wardrobe that I had as a yes. watching the movie. I'm like, I had that shirt. I had that shirt. Yeah. I had those shoes. He was dressed like a very typical 90s kid. Well, he was, Then I realized, oh, I used to dress like Bart Simpson. Right. This kid dressed like Dennis the Menace and Bart Simpson he had did. a baby. Like, um, And then his friend dresses, then Brad dresses like a greaser. Yeah. Like all these kids With feel like they're in jacket. like... And then uh, Kevin dressed like Forrest Gump. Yes. He had an exact Forrest Gump outfit at yeah, one point. Yeah, shirt and pants. But all of these kids feel like they're supposed to be in different movies. Right. Like Brad, the leather jacket kid, clearly is supposed to be in like a Home Alone, like, because he does the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where he like does the fist pump. Yeah. And kicks his leg in the air. He does that three times in this movie. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin is clearly in like, a Kramer versus Kramer <laughs> marital movie. I have this controlling father who clearly beats the shit out of me. Like, yeah. if that kid does not get beaten, I would be shocked. <laughs> well, you saw how afraid he was of his dad. Oh, yeah, like, oh his man, my dad, dad's gonna kill me. Well, and are his you dad okay? was crazy. <laughs> are you okay, Kevin? Do you, you, you want to talk? Like, I'm gonna be alright. <laughs> um, and. Obviously, Frank is like a kid in a rom-com. He's like the kid in Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. But instead of Meg Ryan, he gets Melanie Griffith Hooker. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in his presentation, when he's talking about breasts, there are two purposes for the boobs. You remember what they were? I don't remember him saying that. These are her breasts. Yeah! <laughs> they serve an important biological function in child rearing as both a food source and headrest. <laughs> I don't remember that. That How is great. I feel like when Melanie Griffith, years later when she passes away at a ripe old age and dies and goes to hell, <laughs> this is what she's going to have to relive. She's going to have to watch mo- it. Over or like like she's actually in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, And then she's going to have to just relive Putting her boob on a kid's head. <laughs> All this... right, Melanie, now take your top off for the little boys. I don't wanna. <laughs> God, I hope my daughter doesn't make a movie for three pictures where she's just getting banged with a bunch of stuff. She will. <laughs> she will. <laughs> Is that your Walt Disney impression? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, 
Yeah, and then once Frank basically forces V to be his mom, right? They go grocery shopping. There is no way she should be his mom. She feeds some worse stuff than when Ed Harris was feeding her. Yeah. They got like sour Pops- cream and onion chips and popsicles and fluff. And sounds great. And uh pretzels. And pretzels. No vegetables, no, no. water, nothing. No. no milk. And then And just like four giant bottles of lube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we gonna make a slip and slide? Yeah, yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then like Malcolm McDowell finds out where she is mm-hmm. because Kevin's horny dad basically wants a ride on the on the Melanie Griffith <laughs> Express. It's like, ah, oh, I can't get her out of my head. Yeah, because his snoring, ugly wife is laying next to him in bed. I feel so bad for that woman. Like, yeah. she was probably like a local theater actress who's like, I'm gonna be in a movie. <laughs> Who am I playing? Oh, you're playing a kid's mom. Oh, that's sweet. She's supposed to be ugly, and her husband won't fuck her. Come again? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I I thought you'd please don't make me play myself in this movie. <laughs> I used to be Yardley Smith. <laughs> um, so he calls the prostitute agency. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what's her name? Uh, Anna Hay. She answers the answers phone. The phone, yeah. And she's like, she's like, uh, she's like the ambassador to the pimp. She's like Jerry Pope and Associates. Like, <laughs> and she's like, oh well, we don't know where V is. Well, I just saw her in town. What do you mean she's in Middleton? She's in Middleton. <laughs> like every one of, I've heard Malcolm McDowell's regular British accent. It's very yeah, charming. It is very nice. And in this movie, he's she's got my money. It was very weird. And when he goes into the grocery store, when they're buying that plethora of terrible junk food, mm. like that movie should end with like the cops coming and be like, "Oh, their arteries hard and they're dead." <laughs> They're in a fluff coma. <laughs> fluff. That's another reason why I thought this was Massachusetts. Right. Because you can only get fluff in Massachusetts. And she says, like, she's like, fluff, but you can also get it in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. That's the other state where they but also enjoy the fluffer nutter. This was filmed in Cincinnati. But not the whole thing. Oh, true. Because they did have a Pennsylvania license plate oh, at okay. the dance. It also felt uh, very product placement because she's like, fluff. And then, like, held it up for a second with the <laughs> Only logo. Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, good old Cockney um, Malcolm McDowell comes in and goes, Excuse me, miss, have you seen this lady? <laughs> like, another person and who... And the woman pl- was like, Oh, no, I haven't. And she's literally right there. She would actually... Have you ever been to a tiny town like that? If a guy went in with a picture of a hooker with her boobs out, which is what that was, it was like, Have you seen this lady? She'd be like, um, excuse me, sir. I need you to get out of town. <laughs> Not just out of my store. I need you to leave the city entirely. We don't take kindly to British folk. <laughs> Go back to your King George <laughs> and your goddamn tea tax. Get out of here, Mr. Artful Dodger. <laughs> That's for true. <laughs> uh... But like Melanie Griffith is literally right next to her. Yes. All she has to do is turn her head an inch and be like, uh, it's that bitch. But she right had there. her hair up, Scott. 
Yeah. And you can't tell it's her if she's got her hair up. Oh, it's my favorite thing where she like puts on her glasses. The sunglasses. She puts on the sunglasses and he thinks it's her and he goes, excuse me, miss, have you? And then Frank's like, hey, mom, can I get the latest Cosmo? And she's like, uh-huh. Yeah, I have the best mom ever. Shut up, silly Jim. He calls two kids silly Jim. In this <laughs> Did he really? I missed that. Yeah, because... um. <laughs> at the dance Jim. that was just malcolm mcdonald saying that that well, wasn't a line in the script right well that's the thing because he said that in clockwork orange like all the time oh did he yeah oh my god or maybe they were like say that silly jim thing again we well, loved it in the other one you realize that's a movie where i you know take a big prosthetic penis and you know sexually assault people yeah 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 say it again say it again have you seen the rest of this movie, Mr. McDowell? We can do whatever the fuck we want. Nobody's going to watch this <laughs> I'm thing. I'm on so much cocaine. <laughs> like, I don't know what drugs these people were on when yeah, they were making no, this movie. No, very weird. Actually, this is a movie that someone would make when they're stone cold sober. Like They just got out of rehab and they're like, I'm clean. And then they make this movie and they're like, what have I done? I need to go back on all of the drugs I was on. Um... But yeah, in in the dance scene, when they pull the fire alarm, because Malcolm McDowell shows up and has the gun in her ribs, mm-hmm. they pull the fire alarm, and Leather Jacket Kid grabs him and he's like, there's a fire! Here, I'll help you! And he's like, oh, thanks, silly Jim! <laughs> and then the kid locks him in, in, the, in the, the broom closet. And goes, yeah! Yeah. And then, like, they steal the car, or they... They start driving the car, the pimp mobile, mm-hmm. and Kevin goes, There's another pimp mobile. <laughs> they should have called this movie Too Many Pimp Mobiles. Too many pimp mobiles. Um, so yeah, Ed Harris finds out what was wrong with the car. So the whole premise of keeping V in town was the car broke down. Mm-hmm. And it didn't break down. There was just two hundred and fifty <laughs> or three hundred and fifty thousand dollars crammed into the muffler. Yeah. No shit, that car wouldn't start. I'm shocked that it even started to get... That it made it there. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he grabs all of this money and puts it in the backpack and puts it in the back of the car. Mm. And then the kids and Melanie Griffith get into the car and drive away from him. And that's why in this movie, every line should be like, oh, look, it's the three boys and a hooker. Like, like, oh... Look at those kids in there, hooker. How nice. I really wish that the tagline of this movie was the story of a boy and his prostitute. <laughs> I got to look up what the tagline of this movie was. Oh, yeah. It was probably something like, huh, does a body good. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. Now I feel gross even saying that. <laughs> I'm a monster. The tagline of Milk Money was... You can't get enough of a good thing, but first you have to find it. That is a terrible tagline. I like mine better. Yeah, me too. Does a body good. Does a body good. If you can pay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a line because like, like, she's like, I'll go on a date with you. And you turn to me and you're like, no charge. (laughs) And then she like, she's like, no charge. Yeah. Because when she tells her story to Ed Harris, like, they get into their fight. 
then they make up and then they end up in the treehouse spooning mm-hmm. and she tells her story they end up kissing and she like says something like no chargers yeah that that would have like pulled me out of the fantasy right like oh that's right you probably have all the diseases <laughs> Oh, yeah, you've had sex with that guy we ran into on the street. That's awkward for me. Yeah, not just that. But as we were saying before, when she gets all the money Mm -hmm. and gets out of a life of prostitution, Mm -hmm. moves to this small town, everyone will fucking know. Yeah, They'll be like, oh, that's the new Mrs. Wheeler. She used to be a prostitute. Yeah. She owns the ice cream shop. Don't eat the ice cream. Don't go near that lady. She's a prostitute. <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um, back in um, back when I was in high school, mm-hmm. in between going to high school and college that summer, I worked as. Is this about the first time you bought a prostitute? <laughs> no. Oh. No. I I worked. Mm-hmm. Um, as a short order cook at like a Panera knockoff place, mm-hmm. but one of the cashiers who I worked with, we found out that she did porn. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I quit my job because <laughs> you couldn't work with a porn star. No, because I had to go to college. Oh, okay. No, but like, um, everyone found out, and and they were like, um, I'm not gonna say the manager's name, but they're like, Mr. Manager, she. Mr. Manager. Yeah, I'm not going to say his name. Okay, his name was Manny the Manager. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Manny, if you're out there. But like they they told him, and next day she wasn't there anymore. Oh, no. And then we found out that she couldn't deal with people finding out, so he gave her two weeks' pay. Oh, it was so sad. That is very sad. Hey, I didn't lead the mob. I'm not saying you did. I just feel bad for this poor young lady. Well, like she somebody's got to make the porn that America devours at the rate that it does. Well, I I was like, where where did uh whatever her name fake name go? Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, oh, she quit. Oh, why did she quit? Because I literally went on vacation for. Where a week. did icy roads go? <laughs> Where did Stormy go? <laughs> Where did good old Katie Morgan go? Um, so, so I was like, uh, "Where's Where's Sarah J?" <laughs> now I'm just saying, poor Sarah. Yeah. Where did Jenna Jameson go? Um, and and they're like, "Oh, first off, welcome back from your vacation." She quit because everyone found out she did porn. I was Aww. like. Oh, I'm gonna go wash my hands now. Doesn't shouldn't she make more money doing porn anyway? She probably wanted out of that life. Probably that's true. But the point of the story is, once everyone finds out that Melanie Griffith's character was a prostitute, right? And they will. Nobody's gonna go to that ice cream parlor <laughs> anymore. Or just all the dads. All go. the creepy men like sitting at the counter. Yeah, I'll take another ice cream sundae. What do you want on that Sunday? Fluff. Your cherry. <laughs> Give me a cherry. That's been gone a long time, sir. <laughs> oh, another <laughs> another thing we realize in this movie is Randy Newman contributed a oh. song. Yeah. 
<laughs> he did. There was it was a weird soundtrack for this yeah, movie. Yeah, like like he was kind of like doing the 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 actual story of the 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 movie. Yeah. So it was like story of a boy in his prostitute. <laughs> Nothing's going on, we swear to God. She's really loose like a hot dog down the highway. Randy, Randy, we can't use any of that. No, you're leaving that in. So then his friend's dad had sex with the prostitute. But Ed Harris is okay with that. But it was literally, if you took that the words to that song out of it and just had the backing track it is you got a friend yeah. in me she has a heart of gold <laughs> hooker with a heart of gold his dad's wife she is dead <laughs> this poor woman. little frank yet get out of bed because he's got his hooker pal instead <laughs> hooker with the heart of gold that was beautiful hot dog down <laughs> <laughs> oh because like maybe she's a high-end escort maybe like one did you week. see that velour dress she looked like pocahontas velour th- was very fancy in the 90s well she also looked like pocahontas throughout most of the movie she did wear that weird dress that we, was like a we, hybrid cowgirl and native american we saw all the colors of the wind <laughs> her her love was just around the river bend she wants more just around the river bend but yeah now I want to find out what the lyrics to that Randy Newman song. I know, right? Kid can't dance, hook with a heart of gold. Hot dog down Randy, stop saying that. No, I was on the 405 and I took a hot dog and I threw it down the highway. What's this movie about again? Which movie is this? It's the hooker one. Yeah, I'll leave that line. Is this ragtime? Oh, he did write Ragtime, didn't he? (laughs) Well, he did the music for the Ragtime movie. Yeah. But not the musical. Yeah, so Randy Newman contributes a song that's literally just, you've got a friend. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Randy, we got this uh, animated movie coming up. Can you write a song? Well, I'm working on this other movie. Just write them at the same time. (laughs) Okay. What if they swap the the (laughs) songs? And like you just see uh, Andy playing with Woody, and you just hear the hooker with the article. <laughs> He's got a prostitute instead. Uh, I think we took our kids to the wrong uh-oh, movie. Uh oh, what's happening? And he's miles and miles from her nice warm bed. <laughs> just remember what Melanie Griffith said hooker with a heart of gold. Do do do. Do do do. Hey, I got Lyle Lovett to come in and do... Because <laughs> you know the original backup background singer for You've Got a Friend of Me is Lyle Lovett, right? Is it really? It is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Doesn't that make you so mad now? It's very weird. <laughs> but uh, so, Hooker with a Heart of Gold, Randy Newman's classic song. Mm-hmm. This was nominated for an award. Do you, you want to guess what it was nominated for? Um, It's pretty obvious if you think about it. It's obvious? It was nominated for a Razzie Award. Oh, a Razzie. Oh, okay. For wor- worst screenplay. Oh. Not even worst acting. Not even yeah. worst movie. No, it, it's a bad... Yeah. They they thought that the acting was so good 
that they didn't nominate for a Razzie, but they nominated the script. It is a bad script. I remember Roger Ebert. And that's what we keep talking about, is just how incongruous everything in this movie is. Well, Roger Ebert did a review of this movie, and he's like, the subject matter is offensive. <laughs> no shit! <laughs> you think, Rog? I was offended. Me, and I used to write Russ Meyer movies. I was offended. I gave Melanie Griffith $100, and she didn't show me her boobs. You know what happened to me? I became a vegetarian. <laughs> that, actually, in 94, Roger Ebert became a vegetarian. Oh. Um, yeah, so once... We didn't even talk about the, the, the once and not only car chase in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that car chase was intense. Yeah, like you should have heard like the the Blues Brothers music should have been playing during that. Yeah, because like they're like, "Who's driving the car? Frank's driving the car. I can't reach the pedals. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll do it. I'll hey. push the pedals while <laughs> you steer." And Melanie Griffith is like, "Hey, how about I drive? Because I'm an adult." And they're like, "You're a hooker. Shut up. <laughs> You're not a person. You're not a person." <laughs> Like, the whole premise of the movie is, like, Frank's supposed to be making her feel like she has a purpose. Right. But in that one scene, they treat her like garbage. She is the only one with a driver's license. Right. And then she's like, no, I need to drive. And then she pulls the steering wheel off. Once again, movie bipolar disorder. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, no, we're being chased by this guy with a gun. Yeah. Oh, no, the steering wheel came off. <laughs> Who's driving the car? It was, yeah, no. It, it, it So many weird elements that don't belong together. Um, And then when, after, what's her name? After Melanie Griffith gets out of a life of prostitution, she goes back to her really sad apartment. Yeah. Um, which, which is a bedroom with an oven in it. <laughs> <laughs> it literally is. And it had like the saddest tea kettle on it. Yeah. This little like Miss Hannigan like <laughs> she looked like she was living with the cast of Annie. <laughs> hey, hooker with a heart of gold. My name is V. It's a hard knock life for you. Getting paid to go. Screw. <laughs> Taking 50 bucks for tricks cuz you got so much stuff. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, yeah, I knew this one would be a funny one. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so she's like packing up her stuff and it's taking her longer than it should. Yes. And all I could think of during that scene was the song Hard Candy Christmas at the end of Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> yeah. Where the all the whores are leaving the, the best little whorehouse in Texas and singing how sad they are and how they'll somehow find a way to be okay. I was waiting for uh, Burt Reynolds to show up <laughs> and for her to just be like, Dress and I will always love you. I forgot who I was talking to, but they had no idea that Dolly Parton sang um, uh, I Will Always Love You. They're like, A lot oh. of people don't know that. They're like, that's Whitney Houston's She song. wrote it. I was like, no, Dolly Parton wrote that. Yeah. To get out of an abusive relationship. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, she wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You on the same day. Oh, really? Yeah. Jolene. Can you imagine just like writing two of music's like, biggest two hits iconic, in one like, day? country songs. That, 
that's like how it must feel to be Randy Newman. <laughs> Hooker with the heart of gold. Man, that, 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 that. I'm going to play a Firefly in a Louisiana movie someday. <laughs> that wasn't him. That was, that was Jim oh, Cummings. Oh, he didn't play it, but he wrote the song. Yeah, he wrote the music. It. Yeah, it was Jim true. Cummings. It was Jim Cummings. Doing a Randy Newman impression. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just want him to take his entire catalog of songs and just make them about making the movie Milk Money. <laughs> I love prostitutes. Well, like, I, some of the songs in the movie I've heard outside of the context of this movie. Oh, but yeah. But that one I have never heard in my well, life, other they, than when it was You've Got a Friend in Me. The weird part is one of the songs is uh, Everybody Wants to Be Closer to Free. That mm-hmm. played the same summer, two months earlier, in Heavyweights. Oh. Yeah. So why see it in this shitty movie <laughs> when you can see it in a good movie? Right. And uh, yeah, the entire soundtrack has really good songs in it. And you're like, how the hell did they get these songs? And then you remember... Oh, it's a Warner Brothers movie, so they just use songs from their catalog. The songs are also only in there for like five seconds, though. Like, it's the shortest little clips of those songs ever. Yeah. It's like they just played the preview track, like when you go into iTunes and you get <laughs> you to listen. listen to like 15 seconds for free. The only the only one that you get like all of is uh, the Flamingos, I Only Have Eyes For You. Yes. The, and that's like the Because only- they're dancing to it at the dance, right? Right. And then... um creepy (laughs) my love must be some kind of blind love (laughs) there's no hooker but you (laughs) melanie griffith has eyes for you ed harris baby um but during that dance scene there we we saw a kid who looked exactly. He was wearing the tuxedo that Elvis wore to the yes. Oscars. Uh, that the, like blue tuxedo, the powder with the black blue tuxedo, with the black lapel. <laughs> yes, he was looking sharp. That kid. You know that he's like the kid who's like, no one appreciates the fashion sense I have. <laughs> That's I'm the gonna kid who's gonna date that kid who didn't want to kiss his sister. <laughs> Don't worry, Brian. I'm not kissing my sister. There's like, a cute boy at the dance waiting for me. Pompadour, powdered blue tuxedo, beautiful boy. <laughs> I don't need my sister. But I will say that when in that scene, the I only have eyes for you scene, when Frank reaches for um, uh, not Casper girl, yes, the, the girl who's Finn, when he reaches Finn for Finn Wolfhard Finn Wolfhard's hands, and he's like, Will you dance with me? And she's resting his shoulder. I'm, I'm like, her yes. head on his shoulder. I'm like, that's so fucking sweet. It really was so cute. And then and I he's re- like shorter than she is. It yeah, so, so she had to lean down. And then I realized, oh yeah, I'm watching a movie about a prostitute and twelve year old boys. <laughs> We're probably on a watch list. Now. <laughs> oh, they do a funny podcast. Watch them, uh, sir. Why why are we investigating everybody who's watched Milk Money? No it's reason. It's a gateway film, Jones. It's a gateway film. People don't watch Milk Money because they want to watch Milk Money. They watch, they watch it because mi- they're either Melanie Griffith or they're Antonio Banderas. They- Just ask yourself, Jones, what kind of normal person wants to watch a movie where a middle-aged woman unleashes her breasts in the face of a 12-year-old? <laughs> Think about it for a second. 
sociopaths, Joan. Nothing but Christian Bales out there. <laughs> We're talking Patrick Bateman's as far as the eye can see. You know the guys I'm talking about. They listen to Huey Lewis a little too much. <laughs> they look like they're a little. They too look like Stanley Tucci from <laughs> from the Lovely Bones. They're a little too eager to defend uh, uh, Roman Polanski and Woody Allen. <laughs> they look like. Stanley Tucci and any Stanley Tucci movie. <laughs> Except The Hunger Games. He looked sharp in that one. <laughs> no, especially The Hunger Games. <laughs> if you picture Stanley Tucci in anything. No, but Stanley Tucci in The Hunger Games with the giant wig. His bouffant and his makeup and his shiny. He looks like suit. he should be he looks like he should be like a vampire televangelist. <laughs> that is the perfect way to describe his look. I hope that's what the costume designer pitched to the director. You know that the costume designer was probably like Tommy was uh <laughs> I've got an idea. A vampire televangelist. He's standing me apart in La May. Um, so yeah, as we come to the end of this nightmare film, yeah. which I want to stop talking about it, but I can't stop <laughs> I talking know. about it. There's so much to unpack. Because like the one thing that we we need to get to before we do the bagels is the fact that the movie just does a total 180 at the end. It turns into like a drama where the kids are like pleading with Ed Harris, please untie, untie yourself from this wetlands because... You're going to go to prison. Right. And I have no mother. <laughs> yes. I will be a, a single child. I'll become a ward of the state. <laughs> the kid is going to end up an orphan. He'll turn into Oliver. <laughs> He'll end up in Batman. <laughs> Adam West Batman. <laughs> but the kid looked like Burt Ward. Um, and then like Melanie Griffith shows up and be like, don't worry, you have the tea. And I bought the ice cream shop and I'm... Still a hooker. <laughs> she didn't say that. What if that was like the thing? Oh, so you're going to stop, you know, charging men for, you know, sex? No. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I do it for free now. <laughs> Anybody who wants it. As long as you buy the ice cream, I'll put out. <laughs> I'll put out twice if you get sprinkles. <laughs> and so, like, they have this really sweet moment. They don't kiss, and that's fine. Right. Thank God. Um, but then it ends on like the grossest note because the kid looks down and he's like, "I have a hair, oh, I yeah. have a hair." <laughs> and Melody Griffith waves to her from her convertible. Okay, I'm definitely him. made a mistake, and <laughs> she's like, "I will never see you again. Bye, leaving town now." She just turns into like Cardi B. She's like, "Bye, Bye. <laughs> oh." <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that's who they should remake this movie with. with, with Cardi Cardi. B. Okay. <laughs> and they're like Cardi Cardi. <laughs> yeah, Adam Levine and Cardi B. Just there do you the go. girls like you video. And she takes her top off and you just hear them smack against her thighs. <laughs> Jesus. And the kid who's covering his eyes is like, "What was that sound?" Don't worry. Like, Don't worry. <laughs> did you see? Did you see when Cardi B was on Fallon as his co-host, and they had John Mulaney on, 
and she goes, you look like a pet shop boy. <laughs> oh. And he's like, I look like a pet shop boy? That's the best compliment I've ever gotten. And and he goes, I bought, I brought you this gift. My wife, his wife crocheted Cardi B's daughter, who wasn't born at the time, mm-hmm. crocheted her a little infant cardigan. It, it was a Cardi a G. Cardi. Oh, cute. Um, A Cardi G for Cardi B. Yeah. And she goes, Babies are so little. And <laughs> now I want them to. <laughs> That's re- all she said. Yeah. Oh, babies are little, huh? So instead of saying Adam Levine. Is this how small it's going to be? <laughs> instead of Adam Levine in the remake of Milk Money with Cardi B, John Mulaney. John Mulaney and Cardi B. <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> now I'm going to Photoshop I'm going to fund that film. Okay. <laughs> so now that we've come to the end of this nightmare movie, <laughs> yeah. On a scale of one to thirteen, one being shit and thirteen being great, how many bagels are left in your bagel basket? I've got five. I've got five. That many? Yeah, yeah. Because there's still something weirdly charming about it. <laughs> there really is. I don't. I can't explain it. I'm giving in two for the. <sighs> The charisma of the chemistry between Ed Harris and Melanie Griffith. They're very charming. But I had to take out 11 for <laughs> Malcolm McDowell alone. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Where the hell is Melanie Griffith? That's, that's fair. That's fair. Not funny. <laughs> Melanie. He's literally doing like Mick Jagger. It, it, That's what he's doing. He's, oh, yeah, he really is. Where the hell is Melanie Griffith? They were like, we need you to be really not classy. So can you do Cockney, please? They should have just got Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> to do the worst accent ever. Melanie Griffith. <laughs> oh, Melanie Griffith. <laughs> That's oh, all his lines are. He just keeps calling her Melanie Melanie makes the medicine go down. Oh, God. That's horrifying. <laughs> and he would still tap dance in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about the movie opens up with her pimp, like, tap dancing into the room. <laughs> Walking into the room with his weird shoes and yeah, no socks. Yeah, like, but he's, like, shimmying in. And he's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I look good. Because they really need to stress the shoes so that we recognize them later when that's all we can see on the stretcher when he's dead. Yeah, so in the trivia in this, it said everyone was the director's first choice. Wow. Except for the kid of, except for Frank. Yeah. Everyone was his first choice because they did a casting call for the kids. So he wanted Ed Harris. He wanted Melanie Griffith. <laughs> he wanted Malcolm McDowell. He wanted Malcolm McDowell <laughs> for this part? And he wanted Phil <laughs> Bosco. Bosco I want Philip Bosco to be in my movie for five cumulative seconds. And the studio's like, Philip Bosco, he's still alive? <laughs> like, <laughs> he didn't die till last year. I want Laurence Olivier to play the janitor. <laughs> oh, one thing that we we have to talk about before we end. I know we gave it bagels, but the pictures of the 1950s celebrities who are on the wall. <laughs> yes. Anthony Perkins, <laughs> and it's not like Anthony Perkins when he was like a crooner. No. It was Anthony Perkins, like his headshot from Psycho. <laughs> yeah, I just pictured like two like fourteen-year-old kids who would like sneak off to make out, and they're making out underneath this picture of Anthony Perkins, and the girl looks up and goes, "He's cute," and he's like, "I'm gonna leave now." <laughs> 
Where's that prostitute? (laughs) Where's that hooker that kid brought? Oh, here she is. She's thumb wrestling with him. I'd like to thumb wrestle her if you know what I mean. Are you Antonio Banders? (laughs) This was the time when she was like, she just got married to Antonio Banders. Oh, okay. So like. Can you just picture Antonio Banderas showing up on the set of this movie and being like, where is Melanie? Nobody look at my wife's boobs. <laughs> Him just slapping the kids around. <laughs> I saw you take a looky-loo. <laughs> you took a looky-loo at Melanie's boobs. You no. Looky-loo. <laughs> you know he, Antonio Banderas is the type of guy who says looky-loo. I do not think he is, but I love the idea that he might be. You took a peekaboo. <laughs> You took a look at her golden globes. <laughs> Oscar nominated. Golden globes. <laughs> Antonio, can you please leave? No. <laughs> Antonio, please leave. I th- this is Melanie Gri- I thought this was Madonna. I thought I married Madonna. No. No. The the funny thing is there was a movie where I no, I think it was Patricia Arquette and Melanie Griffith. There was a movie where the two of them played uh, women who were both in love with Antonio Banderas having an affair oh my God. with Antonio Banderas. So that right there is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so 94 was exactly when they got married. So he was definitely, or like 93, th- he was definitely showing up on set of this movie. Antonio Banderas was showing up. And like making everybody turn around. Close set. Close set. She's taking her shirt off now. Do not look at Melanie. She is an angel. Too bad in 2014 she's going to divorce me. Uh, well, she did. That was a long run, huh? Yeah. Yeah, 10 years. That's or 20 years. 20. I'm bad at math. That's a long Hollywood marriage there. Yeah, but they still got divorced. Yeah, but that's like being married for life in Hollywood 20 years. Yeah, so thank you for doing this awful, awful film. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, I am. We just started rehearsals for uh, "Don't Dress for Dinner," which is the uh, sequel to "Boeing Boeing," uh, which was a, a fun film with uh, Tony. Oh, what the heck is his last name? The guy who was in uh, How to Succeed in Business without really trying. Um, Robert, I thought... It oh, was yes, Robert Mort. Robert Morse? R- Robert... Yeah, it was Robert Morse. Robert Morse and um, the guy... <laughs> the, the funny comedian guy who did all the cancer telethons. Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nice lady, please donate to these little children. <laughs> Um. So yeah, we're in we're in the sequel at, at Theater at the Mountain, and it goes up the first weekend. Because you in did the original in Boeing, Boeing. We did, we did, and audiences loved it. So we're back for more. <laughs> Hooray! The lovable farce where everybody's sleeping with everybody. <laughs> are Are you basing that on anything like your role 
Are you playing it like anything? So I just try to, because I'm sort of the hapless sidekick, I really just try to play it as endearing as I possibly can. So John Lithgow. Um, yeah, just everything's like, oh no, look at the situation I'm in. Oh, I'm I'm sleeping with my best friend's wife. <laughs> How cute am I? <laughs> I figure Whoopsie. if I'm adorable, I'm. It's less likely that I'm going to be unliked. Okay. <laughs> well, if people want to see that, they can. I will put that information in the show notes. Cool. Um. So thank you for doing this. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for picking milk money. You're welcome. It was a good walk down memory lane. So you can find us on Twitter at writer bagel basket uh no vowels all vowels no vowels like us on insta uh, follow us on instagram and like us on facebook email us at writers bagel basket at gmail.com or writers bagel basket at gmail.com and until next time i am scott curlin david thank you for being here thank you bye Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From The Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network, and wherever podcasts may be found. country they are posing as movies you already know they may be in your theaters your neighbor's home or even your own why are you doing that voice i don't know (coughs) i thought it made me sound cool it doesn't i'm jason bishop host of the invasion of the remake podcast with co-host sam stepanenko and trish Coughlin. join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not so favorite remakes we'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking complete with our own fantasy casting You can get all 130 episodes and counting on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even frickin' YouTube, for the low, low price of absolutely nothing. Join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Raid podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and x-ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet.